Hi, and welcome to episode four of the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm Jen Thurman. I'm an executive leadership and life coach, and this podcast is a part of my lifelong journey to stop taking myself so seriously. And in the process of doing this out loud, I hope my own lessons in life might entertain, inspire, and maybe you help you take yourself a little less seriously too. So today I want to talk about perspective and more importantly, the magic of setting your vision on what you do want in your life rather than what you don't want. There's a story I use often. Uh, I used it with my own teenage son when he was struggling through high school. I used it with my clients and I use it in, I would say, most of the talks I give. So forgive me if you've already heard this little gem, but I promise it won't be the last time I talk about it either. So my brother-in-law, Mike, is a very talented kayaker. He's also quite an impressive snowboarder and has a knack for instructing others in these athletic endeavors. He's just so natural at what he does that it's um, always a little bit amazing to me that that he can translate sort of his natural innate gift into something um, that makes sense for, for somebody that it's not so natural to. So a few years ago, I uh, tried my hand at snowboarding. I had grown up skiing off and on just a little bit here and there. I wasn't a great skier. And I thought I would uh, see if I liked snowboarding a little bit more. So Mike was giving me tips and pointers and helping me get my groove. And my constant complaint, once I finally learned to stay up on the board for more than 30 seconds at a time was that I couldn't stop myself from sliding towards the trees or angling towards a drop-off or pointing directly at the left fork that went to the black diamond run instead of the green, green run that I wanted to go on. And it just seemed incredibly impossible for me to stay away from those scary places that I didn't want to end up. No matter how hard I strained, no matter how hard I twisted my hips, no matter how hard I pointed my shoulders at where I wanted to go, So we stopped and sat down for a bit and talked and he said that actually this is really, really common and it's like kayaking. And of course I have no idea what kayaking entails. So he said, when you're on the river and you're learning to read the best ways to get yourself through the rapids and the eddy lines, there are these things that he calls holes, places where you'll get rolled or stuck and not be able to get yourself out of the current of the river. And for beginners and even experts navigating around uh, some of these really big holes, the fact is that no matter how hard you paddle away from that hole, if you're you're staring at it, that's where you're going to end up. The only way to get where you want to be and to stay out of where you don't want to be, he told me, is to literally set your sights on where you want to go and not stare at the hole. So the second that you stare at the hole is the moment that you, tor- you begin to move towards it. So part of me saw the wisdom in this. But the logical pers- protective side of my brain said, if I don't look at the dangers, how am I going to know where they are? And the stubborn part of my brain said, my mind and my body can do a number of things at once, Mike. All I have to do is figure out the actual geometry and counteract the angle of my neck, which is, you know, looking over there at the hole, to, to compensate. And of course I can stare away for, or steer away from it. 
So I was a little bit skeptical. Okay, so first of all, who can do geometry and spontaneous gymnastics feats while they're scared, mentally taxed by learning something new, and frankly already maxing out my body's capacity for physical concentration? Um, And that was just to stay upright on a snowboard. So my logic was a little bit silly, I admit. But more importantly, I actually tried it. I tried what he was talking about, and it worked. Instead of looking at the angle, the sharp angle, not so sharp really in hindsight, but what seemed like an impossible angle that was sloping straight into a tree line, I fixed my eyes and screwed up my face in concentration and honed in on the right fork and that big green dot. Lo and behold, not only did I not skid off towards the trees for the first time all day, but I was concentrating so hard on that green dot that I literally nearly almost crashed into the sign. And I was still a little skeptical, but, you know, a little bit elated that I at least didn't end up in the trees this time. So the rest of the way down the mountain, which took me a fair bit of time, I experimented. When I'd look at something that scared me, I would invariably begin heading in that direction, fast. And if I fixed my eyes and my concentration on where I did want to be, I'd invariably go there. Unless, of course, I fell first, which happened more times than I can count. So that in itself was magic. But once I learned the basic trick, I realized I didn't necessarily have to concentrate on one place just to stay away from the danger. As I mastered the trick of not staring at the hole, I was actually able to begin to stop screwing up my face in concentration with tunnel vision on the one place that I was trying to get to. And I was able to focus on that, but also to look around a little bit and see what other lines I might want to take and what other runs might be fun to get a little more creative and see more possibility and use the whole run to practice speeding up and slowing down. And I began to relax into the hill and play with it a little, excuse me, until of course I'd catch an edge and end up spinning down the hill on my back again. So here's the thing. I use that analogy all the time. Uh, I've used it with my teenage son. I've used it when my husband and I remind each other about it all the time. Uh, Not to stare at the hole when we're planning for difficult or emotional decisions. We're in the sandwich generation of our lives, so kids and parents are both needing our attention. And and while we're pretty blessed and don't have a lot of drama in our lives, there there are situations where we remind each other to stare at the possibility and not at the limitation. And I use it in my business, in my one-on-one coaching, and in most of the talks I give, as I already said. Because it's a perfect parallel to the concept that where attention goes, energy flows. When we set our minds and thoughts on anything, we bring energy to it. So the power of using that focus for the thing you want is enormous. But I want to stop here and say that while the concept is simple and magical and it works, it's not it's not all simple because of because of negativity bias. So negativity bias, what's that? As human beings, we're we've evolved to protect ourselves 
and then our and then enjoy ourselves in that order so our brains are wired to seek out dangers negative responses and the bad stuff our primitive brain is constantly scanning for danger um a snake or a saber-toothed tiger and this isn't just happening while we're on a hike in the woods this is happening when we walk into a meeting when we set up to speak in front of our peers when we're walking into a difficult conversation with a team member our brains are wired to focus on the potential negative outcomes it thinks it's protecting us from grave danger all the time and so we stare at the hole and we can't stop thinking about it either Think about how many examples come up in in a day that cause you to focus on the negative. You may be having a great day at work when suddenly your boss, who's normally pretty supportive and positive, expresses concern or criticism over maybe one section of a project that you're working on. And you just can't stop turning it over and over in your head, obsessing and worrying and kind of feeling crappy about yourself. Or maybe you're feeling pretty good at having gotten in a good workout in the morning and a healthy breakfast, but you catch yourself, uh, like maybe a a glimpse of yourself in profile on a wobbly store window, and it makes you look a little wider than you actually are, and suddenly your confidence for the day is totally shot. This happens in fleeting moments to us all the time. And there are times when we're obsessed about not doing something wrong, so determined not to get it wrong that we rehearse, practice, and remind ourselves straight into the hole. Quick story here. The very first time I was teaching a college class, I was given a lot of advice from colleagues and instructors about kind of how to set the tone for the class. But the most often and most extolled piece of advice that I got was, don't let them know it's your first time teaching. Portray confidence and just don't let them, don't let them know there's any blood in the water here. You don't want to, you don't want to show your vulnerability. So I was all prepped and ready with my syllabus and my welcome to comp 1015 introduction speech. And I was feeling fresh in a new outfit. And as I walked the 20 minutes from my apartment to the lit, the lit building, I kept repeating this refrain. Don't tell them it's your first time teaching. Don't tell them it's your first time teaching. Whatever you do, just don't say it's your first time teaching. And I just thought, I just need to remind myself of that over and over and over again. You're going to be fine. Just don't tell them it's your first time teaching. So I walked into the classroom, beamed my biggest smile at everyone as they walked in and found their seats. And as I stood up in the middle of the room, as everybody was finally settled, I said, welcome to Composition 1015. I'm Jen, and this is my very first time teaching this class. Yep, I paddled straight into the hole. Lucky for me, they were a fantastic group of college kids, and I literally started laughing at myself and opened up a little bit, and I told them the story about how I absolutely, positively, under no circumstance, was going to tell them that this was my first class, but I guess now the cat was out of the bag. So just another perfect example of the power of our minds to create a reality that we don't necessarily want. I can't remember where I heard this recently, but I love it. And went something like, stop rehearsing the life you don't want. Which just means stop staring at the hole. The problem isn't necessarily that there's a hole. 
the problem is that you have allowed your mind to believe that the hole's going to swallow you up. And that's what gives it power. The hole itself is neutral. It's just water swirling around a rock the way it does 24-7, 365. Your boss is just giving feedback and making suggestions on your project. It's in, it's in her job description. That's her role. Your body is just the same shape as when you left the house. It just You just caught a glimpse of it in a funny way and you, and you made a judgment, right? It's our thoughts that create meaning and energy and focus. So use your powers for good. How to do that? Step one, be aware of how often you're letting negativity bias run amok and unchecked in your head. Just awareness of how often you switch to that negative bias. Step two, fix your sights on the things that you do want. If you, see more pos- if you want to see more positive reinforcement for your work and positivity in your environment, look for it. Find those moments where people say thank you. If you want more time and freedom to be more creative and strategic, stop spending so much time stewing about all the things that prevent you from getting it. Focus instead on the sensation of freedom, the freedom that you want, and really notice those moments when you get it and be grateful for it. Instead of looking for evidence that you're never going to lose those 10 pounds your doctor has been asking you to work on, begin to look for evidence that you will. The moral of this story is that your mind has a tremendous amount of power over where you end up. And if you take nothing else away from this podcast today, I hope it will be these two things. One, stop staring at the hole. Just stop it. Just stop it. Two, focus on where you want to be. When you learn to focus on what you do want to create in your life, you'll be amazed at how quickly the universe conspires in your favor. So that's it for me today. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear from you about what you're training your focus on these days. And you can find me at jen with one n, thurman.com. Until next time, be well.